Hi, and welcome to SpondyCast, where we bring together the best medical minds, thought leaders, scientists, patients, and caregivers to inform and inspire the spondylitis community. I'm your host, Jill Miller, living my best spa life, knowing that how we meet today has the power to change everything going forward. Hi, and welcome to SpondyCast. Today, my guest is Jason Blackwell, who has joined the SAA team in January of 2018 and currently serves as the Director, Brand Experience, and Public Affairs. Jason earned his MBA from the Henry B. Tippey School of Management at the University of Iowa with dual concentrations in marketing and entrepreneurship. He also earned a Bachelor of Science in TV, Radio, and Film from the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. And with a career spanning more than 30 years, Jason has worked across multiple industries ranging from nonprofit to technology in roles encompassing branding, digital marketing, PR, and advertising. Jason, welcome to <laughs> Thank you. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> I'm excited to have you here because you are sort of the, uh, you are all the glamour of Spondylitis Association of America. You make it happen. Oh, you say all the nicest things. <laughs> <laughs> but continue, continue. Okay, I'll keep going. Uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about SAA's 40th anniversary upcoming yeah. Uh, some of the awareness things that are going on in the community for people living with spondylitis and some of the challenges we have as an organization uh, in raising awareness and, uh, you know, how do we get the word out so that everybody, so it becomes a household name you talk about at breakfast. Yes. <laughs> That's the plan. All those so, things. So tell me first. What drew you to the Spondylitis Association of America? Yeah, I, as you read in my bio, um, and not to date myself, it's not more than 30 years. It's, it's close to that, though, um, in terms of working within uh, nonprofit and technology organizations. To be honest, I was not familiar with the disease, uh, but I did see the call for a marketing person to come into the organization uh, to A, uh, raise awareness of the disease, but also help to elevate awareness of SAA. Um, and I think I came in at an interesting turning point uh, in the life of the organization because Cassie Schaefer had just joined recently as the CEO, um, taking the helm uh, as the new leader of the organization, um, after Lori Savage, who had served as the ED for close to 10 years, had to step down due to some health challenges. Uh, so we had both worked in larger nonprofits before coming to SAA. So I kind of understood the landscape as far as, um, you know, the challenges of working within a nonprofit in terms of resources, but still trying to achieve the mission. And I came in, I interviewed with a couple of folks across all of the different teams because marketing within this organization touches every single department. Yeah. Uh, and I had some great conversations uh, with membership and development and what later became advocacy, but also research and then also programming. And I said, I think I can help you become less of a secret because you're doing really great work. 
Um, and even if you don't choose me, here are some things that I think you should really be trying to focus on as you move forward to help raise awareness of who you are and what you do. Okay, we're going to come back to those ideas in a few minutes. So your role really helps to tell the story and relate to the patient. It does. Um, and in terms of my own experience, you know, the other nonprofit that I had been a part of had been cancer focused and um, I had skin in the game in terms of you know, I'd lost several family members to cancer, uh, so I was directly impacted. And so I I understood perfectly what that journey was like. But um, SPA was an entirely different type of community, um, but I still understand the mission and the cause that we were fighting for in terms of helping to raise the visibility of not only the disease, but the challenges that people in the community face on a daily basis. And then also helping people to get connected to us because once they come into community and they can find that support and know that they're not alone in terms of facing the disease, it really does hopefully lead to better health outcomes for not only them, but also um, being able to explain what their specific needs and challenges are to members of their own family because sometimes that obviously is a big challenge too. Yes, indeed it is. <laughs> I've been there. Uh, so when you talk about community, SAA is celebrating its 40th anniversary this year. It which is. is. An enormous achievement for any nonprofit and to continue to, continue to thrive and, and bring more to the, the community. So what do you have planned to commemorate the achievement of 40 years? Yeah, so... It is indeed a tremendous accomplishment and milestone. Uh, and certainly we'll talk about, you know, our history from uh, Jane Brukel and those trailblazing volunteers who back in 1983 recognized that there was a need for more information that they weren't getting as part of uh, people impacted by the disease. And so they started that first support group. But our anniversary isn't just about us taking a celebratory stroll or victory lap down memory lane um, because it's not about us applauding ourselves on the back for what we've done. It's really about getting to the heart of what it means to be part of the SAA community. And that is sharing the stories of the people who make up who we are. So I'll be excited to share those stories through the course of videos of also doing some messages across our different platforms as well. And yeah. then we'll have a couple of surprises along the way too. I love it. Yeah, and stories, right? That is how you connect to, you connect people to people in the exactly. story. Yeah, I love that. So what are the key things that Spondylitis Association of America engages in, in terms of awareness and your role, uh, what do you think is the biggest message to get out there? Yeah, so we actually try to run a couple of awareness campaigns uh, throughout the year, and there's, and there's several of them. So uh, starting with February, we have Healthcare Disparities, which also coincides with Black History Month. Uh, in March, we have... Um, Women in Spa, 
to coincide with National Women's History Month. In July, we have uh, Juvenile Arthritis Awareness Month. And I'm sorry, I skipped over May, which is a huge one for us because it's Spa Awareness Month and it's also World AS Day. Um, and then in September, we have Pain Awareness Month. In October, we have World Arthritis Day. We have Bone and Joint Action Week in, in October, and we also have World Pediatric Bone and Joint Day in October. And really, at the root of all of these uh, campaigns is to increase awareness and visibility for our community, because there are some folks who are experiencing the symptoms who have still yet to be diagnosed. And there are even some segments within the healthcare uh, community who aren't able to connect the dots yet. So we still are trying to overcome those hurdles of delays to diagnosis. Amen. <laughs> if we could overcome those, the world would be a different place for a lot of people with back pain. Uh, how has, in your mind, how have the, the activities that the organization undertakes changed and grown over the years? And where is that? How does SAA decide on what to look at next or where to drive awareness? Uh, I think I know the answer. <laughs> well, there are lots of needs. <laughs> and I think it requires us to be uh, in tune to what the community is saying. Um, their voices matter and we're listening. It's not just us talking. Uh, in terms of I guess the overall campaigns themselves, it's like we're obviously not working with millions of dollars. I wish that we had that, that we could be able to use that um, for you know things like advertisement, but that's not the reality of who we are. And we would be better served to use the funds that we do have for research uh, and new programs. And we're certainly doing plenty of those within, the, within those respective areas. Uh, but in terms of what we are doing to evolve is that we're leveraging the channels that we do have. So you'll see us very active on our social media channels. You'll see us uh, utilizing our social media influencers. You'll see us trying to engage in um, very much grassroots campaigns to be able to help amplify. And we certainly partner and collaborate with other organizations too, because when we partner with people and individuals that share uh, our goals and our mission, particularly around spa and helping to deliver better out health outcomes, we're able to reach more people. And so for instance, uh, we did a joint collaboration with Impact, which is the National Pain Advocacy Center, and Don Gibson, who many within the community know is uh, the host of Spoonie Chat. Uh, we did a chat for Pain Awareness Month, and that uh, collaboration alone produced close to about 200,000 impressions and almost 1,900 uh, social media engagements. And for those folks out there wondering, engagements, well, those are shares, uh, likes, comments, etc. And impressions are basically uh, the number of times that uh, the messages across that Twitter chat were um, available for viewing. So that was quite a substantial uh, accomplishment for us in terms of that partnership. Yeah, that's huge. And if I take a step back and think of myself as someone with spondylitis or someone that might be listening, we have to amplify. 
that's how we end up with more dollars, more, uh, a bigger ability to serve the community. Indeed. Not just in dollars, but even in just people talking about spondylitis, thinking about it. Uh, when the world has back pain and the first thing they think of spondylitis, maybe we'll have We'll have created some change. <laughs> I love that thinking. <laughs> but, you know, even in terms of, you know, our campaigns, obviously we, we measure, we track, we see what's, what's working. Um, but it's not just dollars and cents. It's really impact about how many people we're able to reach and how we make them feel in terms of, A, visibility and also support. And again, it would be fantastic and phenomenal if we were able to have huge budgets in terms of being able to go out and raise that visibility. Because obviously some disease, they do have uh, those types of resources. That's not our current reality, but we shouldn't let that stop us from trying to uh, do what we can with what we have. So since you've been at SAA, what's your favorite awareness campaign that you worked on or that you're particularly proud of? Oh, that's an unfair question. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, because it's like trying to say, which of your children is your favorite? <laughs> right. Um, it, truthfully, I am proud of all of them um, because they all have different um different components to them. Um, but I would say that in terms of our overall awareness campaigns, the one that I'm most hopeful about is perhaps Spa Awareness Month, uh, because we have come close a couple of times to getting it officially recognized as a national health observance. Um, back in 2018, when I initially joined the organization, I did the one in 100 campaign uh, which is basically, uh, A, trying to get the word out uh, to decrease the delays to diagnosis, uh, but also uh, encouraging those within the healthcare field to know when to refer. Uh, so that campaign uh, involved some out-of-home um, advertisements, as well as uh, a very strong uh, PR campaign and we also had the proclamation to get Spa Awareness Month declared officially. It didn't, didn't quite happen that time. And so the next time that we also tried it is that we had a partnership with Carice Hill, who is a spa advocate within the community who had a very close relationship and was instrumental in getting us connected with Congresswoman Doris Matsui, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, to sponsor House Resolution 135, expressing support of SPA Awareness Month being recognized within the month of May. So we came up short uh, on those two efforts, but I'm hopeful that if we continue pushing the conversation that hopefully we can eventually get it recognized. And it's important to be able to get that designation. So why would anyone turn down the opportunity to recognize the disease? It requires bipartisan support, which in our current times may be a little bit challenging, but it shouldn't, again, 
uh, dissuade us from trying. And you're right, there is no there is no reason why anyone should turn it down. It's it's important, and therefore we are going to make it happen somehow or another. Especially when you consider what is it over a million Americans have the disease, with an estimated three and a half million. Correct, and that's that's actually an, another interesting um, fact about the disease. Was another one of your guests, Dr. Atul Deardar, uh, had done an article for us before about the prevalence and those numbers, we, we think the numbers are actually higher than what we have, but it does take a substantial amount of research efforts to be able to get an accurate account. But for now, let's just say that it's at least 3.2 million Americans. Okay. So if anybody's listening and wants <laughs> to get involved in advocacy, what can they do? Advocacy, we have multiple campaigns. Our chief mission advancement officer oversees those. As far as awareness campaigns, I would say share, share, share. Um, there are obviously people out there that are impacted by SPA, but they don't know where to turn. Uh, they don't know who we are and what we do. So if you are a person who knows someone who is impacted by SPA, but isn't sure where to go, where to turn, direct them to us. And then also for those people who are already familiar with SAA, just participate in the conversation. That's what we're here for, is to have a conversation about what's impacting you. Particularly with these uh, awareness campaigns, I can give facts and figures about, you know, one in 100 Americans are impacted by SPA. The average time to diagnosis is seven to 10 years, the onset of disease is between 17 and 45. But I think what might be most um, memorable and resonate with folks is when I say, you know, a spawning mom from our community, uh, beyond just the physical pain of how, how spa impacts her body, is that what hurts her the most is that she can no longer get down to the floor to play with her babies. Or a person who's newly diagnosed with the disease isn't sure where to turn, so they find SAA um, through one of our social media posts or through maybe one of our Google ads through our Google account uh, that we have. And from that, they decide to connect with us um, through our website or perhaps even picking up the phone. There's an actual live person on the other end, so you'll, you'll hear a human voice, um, someone who understands and wants to help you out as you start this journey because we're all on a journey together. Yeah, you are, uh, you're bringing back my own memories of the journey. <laughs> uh, I can remember not being able to pick up my kids for years. And I reached out and I got a person on the other end and the rest is history 10 years later, but yeah, and I mean, look at all the things you've done within our organization. <laughs> I, I think you're far too modest about how much you're involved, but <laughs> I'm just noisy. Uh, and noisy is good. <laughs> noisy is good, but we do. I mean, like, and I think about it too, even in terms of my own my day job, right? In as an entrepreneur, you put something out there, and if someone believes in it, or if someone's impacted by what you're putting out there the likes and the shares and the engaging is 
huge for being able to increase your footprint in in awareness. Uh, yeah, definitely. I've gotten into the habit probably too much of liking and sharing, and I can't figure out how to share on Instagram. I don't know if you <laughs> can, so sorry for that. Uh, there is. I'll, there's a way you can reshare re a post. All right. Well, so maybe we should have a conversation offline. Um, <laughs> uh, so I noticed, too, there's more and more collaboration with other organizations, which I think is so important and organizations that maybe have a comorbidity or a similar disease. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that collaboration, right? Because then you get to bring more voices to the table. Yeah. Um, you know, as I kind of mentioned before, we look for those partnerships and collaborations with organizations that kind of share our mission. Um, for being able to serve the spa community. So I can't say that it's always kumbaya in terms of you know um, us holding hands, but if there is a shared goal in terms of, hey, it makes sense for us to be able to partner to uh, be able to reach more people and cross promote, then certainly that's important. So um, we've done things with like NPF, the National Psoriasis Foundation. And again, we've done things with NPAC, um, National Pain Advocacy Center. Uh, we are members of ASIF, uh, the Axial Spa International Federation, uh, because that's an opportunity for us as the largest um, spa patient organization within the US to then be in partnership with other spa patient organizations from around the globe. So. Uh, that means us sitting and having discussions with uh, the spa organizations from Canada, from the UK, from um, countries in South America, with countries throughout Europe, so that together, when we focus all of our efforts together, we're able to make a uh, larger splash, so to speak. So for instance, on World AS Day, um, we usually have our summit. Uh, it's usually dates two or so of the summit. Uh, members of those other patient organizations are helping to promote the summit to uh, members of their respective spa communities. So this being our fifth annual um, global spa summit, we've been able to grow it incrementally each year. And last year, I think we were close to 3,600 folks uh, worldwide in terms of our registration. And so hopefully, we just continue to push push that registration even even higher. And for us to be able to develop messaging with those other spa patient organizations, lets people know that regardless of where you are, you're part of a much larger community and you're not facing this disease alone. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about the summit. So give me the the like who, what, when, where, why. Uh, of the summit this year, because I think it's something that listeners can get a lot of information. There is so much good information during that weekend. And when it, it takes place, generally. It definitely is. So the summit is happening May 5th through May 6th of this year. We usually kick off our day around 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We have 12 expert presentations featuring healthcare experts from around the world. And that uh, 
enables us to be able to present the topics that are most important for people impacted by SPA. So we generally would have sessions that are more entry level for folks who maybe at the more basic level in terms of their understanding of the disease, all the way up to more advanced topics for those folks who are more well-versed. So not to give a full agenda now of the summit, but we'll talking about things this year, such as uh, sleep and spinal arthritis, what is spinal arthritis, uh, diet and nutrition, we have a Tai Chi demonstration. So lots of good topics for folks to be able to come in and it is virtual. So that means that you can join it from anywhere within your respective time zone. Um, and then also if you miss a presentation, you are able to catch it as part of our on demand. And there's no charge. I love that part. Is no charge, no charge, no charge. And I keep saying that <laughs> because it's important for people to remember. No charge is always good. Okay. But of course, you'll be hearing about it from multiple different sources. Look on our website. Uh, you can also find out more about it on our social media channels. Excellent. I love it. So tell me before our time here ends, I'm going to throw you the curveball. <laughs> After all the work you've done now in almost five years, what do you find hopeful for pe people who have spondyloarthritis? Mm, that's a good question. I would say strength and community. Yeah. Strength and community. Um, and then also for folks who are living with the disease, uh, you, have, you have an organization like SAA behind you and standing with you on this journey. Um, certainly in terms of trying to raise visibility of this disease, uh, it's almost metaphorically like David and Goliath at some times where Goliath is this huge giant of lack of awareness. But I like to think of SAA as uh, David standing with the slingshot and our stones in this case are made up of powerful messaging and compassion for the people that we serve. So we'll get there. We will a hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent confident we will get there. And the community piece is huge because people, and you said it a little bit earlier about the, some of the campaigns you've worked on and some of the awareness, there is a community and we hear people and we develop the roadmap going forward based on the needs of, of the community. So I'm counting on you to solve all the problems. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm counting on people like you who come into community and then become advocates <laughs> yes. and actively, actively serve others. So that's also important. <laughs> so I will give a final moment for you to, Tell people where to go if they want to get involved or become members or change change the course of the disease forever. It's very easy to get involved with us. Go to spondylitis.org. You'll see a tab <laughs> at the very top where you can learn who we are. Uh, but you can also click that get involved. And it's multiple things that you can do in terms of, A, just finding out more about what we do, uh, the different programs. Uh, becoming an advocate, supporting our programs and the work that we do uh, with donations, but also just joining the conversation with us on our social media channels. And we are on Facebook, Instagram, 
Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Reddit. So find us there. Excellent. Jason, thank you so very much for your time. And thank you, Jill. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for your commitment to this community. We are grateful for you. Well, thank you. I am grateful for you and for everyone out there as well. Remember, we are here for you. Thank you. SpondyCast was made possible by donations from the Spondylitis Association of America's individual members and our show's corporate sponsor, AbbVie. Since our founding in 1983, the Spondylitis Association of America has been the face, voice, and leading nationwide nonprofit, educating, empowering, and advocating for people living with spondyloarthritis. Through our extensive work with patients, the medical community, and partners, we provide information and resources to help people impacted by the disease live better lives and champion research to find a cure.